0: you're listening to This Life Explains It All with the creators of Vera,
1: your guide for navigating a conscious life. We're Stefania Romeo and Catherine Griffiths. This Life Explains It All was created out of belief that our life experience is our greatest teacher. And as soul sisters and intuitives, we've spent the past decade completely obsessed with better understanding our minds and our bodies, all while running a mile a minute with busy careers as leaders in the tech startup world.
0: On this podcast, we are bringing you the insights and lessons that have changed our lives with the thought leaders, healers, and dreamers behind them. We're discussing wellness practices, healing methods, and experiences that get us to think differently about life and live empowered. Whether you want to uplevel your health, your career, your relationship, or going through changes to your life path, this information can help you get there and let you know that we're right here with you.
1: We believe life isn't meant to be lived linear, and no matter where you are right now, you're right on time. Hey guys, welcome to This Life Explains It All, Vera's podcast. You're here with me, Stefania, and Catherine is going to join us as we get into the conversation. But because this is the first week of the month of August, as always at the top of the month, we are bringing you our personal astrologer, Cassandra Joan Butler, to give you the look ahead for your astrological sign. Remember, you can use your sun sign, which is the one that most of us know, or you can use your rising sign, or listen for both. That's what I do. So with that, here's Cassandra with your look ahead for the month of August.
2: Hello everyone, I'm Cassandra Joan Butler, your star reporter for your horoscope for August of 2020. You know, the world is in a wait-and-see mode as we all are navigating the unpredictability of this COVID crisis. The planets reflect this, as all the major players, Jupiter, Saturn, Neptune, and Pluto, have been in retrograde motion for some time. Now, in August, one more important player, the planet Uranus, retrogrades on the 15th, heralded a time of reflection regarding technology and innovation. Perhaps many remedies, vaccines, and the like will be tested during this particular retrograde. Remember to be illuminated by the full moon and start something new under the new moon. So here are some astro nuggets for everybody. For Aries, your creativity shines as August begins. The energy supports fun, romance, and playfulness. An unresolved friendship issue could be released after the full moon of the third. The new moon of the 18th triggers the beginning of a new project which is heart-filled and dynamic. For Taurus, it's all about home improvement and stronger family ties. The full moon of August 3rd triggers a time to take a stand regarding a work situation. The new moon of the 18th heralds a commitment to create a happier domestic situation. For Gemini, as August begins, your attention turns towards marketing, communication, and sure trips. The new moon of the 18th helps you to refocus your brand. As August ends, your attention turns towards the home and family as you smooth over any misunderstandings. Cancer, embrace ways to expand your abundance. Tighten your financial belt around the full moon of the 3rd. Financial startups will gain momentum after the new moon of August 18th. Leo, celebrate you. The full moon of August 3rd can signal a relationship change, beginnings, or endings. The new moon of the 18th motivates you to start a new Personal project and it will shine a light on your creative gifts. For Virgo, from the 1st until the 22nd of August, go into your shell. You may be craving some retreat, some relaxation, and reflection. It's an ideal time for you to explore your inner self. The new moon of the 18th inspires you to also develop your intuition. For Libra, your focus is on. Networking, coalition building, and friendship. Create memories with good friends. Meanwhile, the full moon of the third provides clarity in a romantic situation. Late August is an ideal time for you to take a break from your routine. Scorpio, move through career obstacles as August begins, as the full moon of the third illuminates what needs to go. The new moon of the 18th allows you to speed ahead with your cherished goals. Sagittarius, from August 1st through the 23rd, your focus shifts towards marketing, communications, and truth-telling. The full moon of the third removes blocks related to speaking your truth. The new moon of the 18th provides you with greater freedom. Capricorn, explore your many gifts and resources as August begins. The full moon of the third inspires you to make smart financial changes. The new moon of the 18th motivates you to stand in your personal power and your spiritual power. For Aquarius, August is your time to balance partnership and relationship concerns. The full moon of the third helps sever ties from emotional hurt. The new moon of the 18th provides you with relationship clarity. Pisces, get healthy. The full moon of the third will assist you in releasing any negative habits. Renewed and improved work and health habits are best launched after the new moon of August 18th. For Vera, I am Cassandra Joan Butler, reminding you to keep on shining like the star you are. Thank you so much to Cassandra for bringing
1: us these every month. And remember to look out for those two important dates, August 3rd and August 18th. Now, because we're recording this a couple of days before you're listening to it, it's coming out on August 5th, the first new moon on the third will have already passed. But from what I have been experiencing, and I know a lot of others have been experiencing as well, we often feel the after effects or the effects of those new moons or these lunar events for a few days afterward too. So it'll be interesting to check in with yourself and see if around what she mentioned might be coming up on the third, if you're experiencing some of those things or have been over the past couple of days. With that, let's get into our conversation. So I want to talk about a recent realization that I had around the language and meaning that we give to certain words in our spiritual practice. And the realization came because of an event that happened. So I want to tell a little story that kind of led me there. So recently, a dear friend of mine had her grandmother pass away. And when she told me that she'd passed away, my heart was really bleeding for her because I knew how close they were and how connected she felt to her grandmother and that it was a big, big loss for her. And without telling her story, because it's hers to tell, she also played a big role in seeing her grandmother pass through to the other side. And thinking about this as death as a sacred rite of passage and seeing our loved ones through in that spirit, that was something that she did. And so when she texted me and told me that her grandmother had passed away, I wrote back and I you know, said some nice words and I said that I would do a prayer for her. And as the words were coming out of me, I looked at the screen and I said, huh, that's interesting. I really never say that. I never say anything about prayer or that I would do a prayer. I always say I'm sending my love. I'm sending good thoughts, sending, you know, good energy, positive vibes. But I feel like in some of the recent work that I've been doing that we've been doing, I've kind of evolved into a place where I'm more comfortable taking back the word prayer and disassociating it from all of those really charged words and meanings that it can become intertwined with. I remember thinking that, oh, I'm not going to say prayer to someone when someone passed away that they're in my prayers or I'm praying for them because that has too much to do with organized religion and that if I'm a person who prays or says a prayer, it means that I think that God is an old man who sits in a chair above us and dictating right and wrong and everything is black and white, which is not what I believe. But in experiencing this, I feel like I have come into this realization that prayer really is what we make it. And it's the it's the meaning that we assign to it. And for me, it's about intention and not about ties to organized religion or all of the things that make us feel disconnected or that we're part of it, the club or, or not. But really it's about intention and it's about what we want it to be and what it means to us. And I want your thoughts on that. And I wonder if you have ever thought about that
0: yeah that's really interesting that you bring that up. I haven't really thought about it in my adult life maybe a little bit when I was a kid, I prayed all the time. I would always sit by my bed and usually ask for things which is probably not <laughs> ideal but I would you know that's that's just that was a practice that I did every night and I learned that from mainly my mom taking me to church and I remember being, I was Catholic originally, and then she, my mom was going through a divorce. So she was really going through a hard time and she became a born again Christian and got into this group of people that were doing that as well. And I remember I saw some things that just weren't normal, like in the normal sense of what, it wasn't a Catholic church where you went every Sunday and you prayed and then you left. Yeah. It was a little bit more (laughs) wacky with my experience of it. Yeah. Like there were people that would come to the house and they would chant. And I went to church with my mom one day and this woman was like launching herself back and forth saying she got hit by the devil. And there was just a lot to experience when I was pretty young, around six years old. So that kind of turned me away from religion a bit for a while. And I think going back to that word prayer, I think I associated prayer with those types of memories. Like, yeah. well, that was really weird. And that was kind of traumatizing just to, to witness that. And there were more examples of that. And I associate that word with it. So religion is just an, you know, an, an organized man-made thing. And it's not, you know, as spiritual as it could be is what I was thinking at the time. Yeah. And as I grew up, but now as I look back, I think about it a little bit differently because I feel like what my mom was doing at that time was kind of exactly what I do now, Mm -hmm. which is finding something and believing in something that's bigger than you and whatever that looks like that's okay. And that's all she was doing. So I actually am looking at it a lot differently now that I actually understand. And all the things that I do with meditation and, you know, being believing is a form of prayer. It's just that I don't call it that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Meditation definitely is a form of prayer, Mm -hmm. I think. Have you ever had that thought that I described where especially if someone passes away or someone is going through something, you're deterred from saying anything like, I'll do, you know, I'll say a prayer or something like that. And instead want to say something more like, you know, sending you love or sending you good energy. Yeah. That was such a profound realization for me when I realized, oh, wow, this is why I'm not saying this word. I'm trying so hard to stay away from this word.
0: 100%. Yeah, I always say I'm sending good vibes your way and I'm actually careful not to say... The word. And I don't know why. And then I was thinking about it the other way how I would feel if somebody said, if I lost somebody close to me and you said, I'm going to do a prayer for you tonight. I feel like that would make me feel so loved and so grateful that someone else was going to take an action for me that evening yeah. or whatever. It doesn't have to be at night. Instead of just saying, oh, I'm sending you positive vibes. Like it's so much more intimate and it's so much more real, I yeah. guess. And now that I think about it from the other side.
1: Yeah. Well, I love what you just said that it's an act because I think that really gets to the crux of it. When we feel called to do this, when we want to do this for someone, whether we want to do this for someone who's suffering here or for a soul that's passing or is passed, It's an act with intention. And so whatever it means to you, whoever, whatever you are praying to, whether it's God that you think of or the universe or the connected higher energy between all of us or our higher selves. I mean, there's more than just that list, but really with intention, doing an act of intention for someone else or for ourselves is really powerful and it can be whatever we make of it and whatever we want it to be and whatever feels right for us. But I love the idea of thinking of it as an act, you know, and I love ritual and ceremony and all of these things as well. So I feel like it aligns really well when you are someone that connects to ceremony and ritual to do that in your own way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I haven't thought about Praying in a while, but I guess I started thinking about it a little bit more following Amanda Klutz.
1: For anyone who doesn't know, Amanda Klutz is a celebrity trainer, fitness person, influencer who recently lost her husband after over three months of him being in the ICU due to complications from COVID. And she talked a lot throughout the whole period of time where she was really rooting for him and built a huge community around her about prayer and coming together. And so she kind of brought that back into the forefront, I think, for a lot of us to think about again.
0: Yeah. And I absolutely... You told me to follow her a while ago, I remember. And I love... She is just the most inspirational person. I'm so happy that I follow her and I watch her content every single day. And she's just such a ray of light and inspiration. And she talks about prayer a lot. And she just says, like, I I pray every night. I pray for my family. I'm praying for her husband who unfortunately passed away, that he was going to get better. And I remember thinking, wow, that's interesting because I don't say that, or I don't talk about praying at all, but maybe there's something here. And she even, you know, talks about excerpts from the bible and things like that which also there could be some good content in there i mean i haven't <laughs> i haven't looked at <laughs> it really to.
1: <laughs> well so you said that meditation is really your prayer do you do anything else that you feel like is your prayer
0: i think any time that i'm silent with myself even journaling i think is a form of prayer because you're still like in my journal sometimes i'll just write out what i want not so super specific, but just the things in life that I want. I think that that's kind of similar to praying. Like this is what I want kind of like more manifestation, but I think it's all really, it's all the same. It's just how you do it. I think anytime you can get quiet, even going out in nature for a walk can be a form of prayer. The other day I went out for a walk and I just didn't bring my phone and it was really nice. Anything like that can be a form of prayer when you're. Just silent.
1: Yeah, especially I feel like when you do that with intention, when there's Mm. some intention behind it, that's for me what kind of creates the environment where it feels like this is prayer, this is an act of intention.
0: Like what kind of intention would you set?
1: I would set an intention. I mean, if someone was in the case where someone is passing or someone's going through a really difficult time. I mean, there's so many different ways. Now I'm going to get deep in this, but if someone's passing away, I would set an intention for the like the peaceful transition of their soul, for a peaceful passage of their soul that they will pass for the highest good. When I'm thinking about an intention for something that's happening with someone or something or dynamic that is not that, that is not about death and dying. I set an intention that to the universe, to my guide sometimes, that what transpires will be for the highest good. And that is something that I've adopted through a lot of learning and a lot of practice. I think that we can sometimes go from, hey, I want to set the intention or if you're someone who prays in the more traditional sense for X, Y, Z thing to happen, for the suffering to be alleviated in some way. But really in the highest evolution of that, it is to intent for the highest good, whatever is for the highest good to happen. Mm -hmm. So that's how I think about it.
0: Yeah. I love that. And I think that can apply to so many things when there's things that are happening in your life that you feel like you can't control or you don't understand why something is happening the way it's happening is having that intention that all of this is happening for your highest good, but then also the collective as well and what you're meant to be doing.
1: Yeah. And I also, I mentioned that I love ceremony and ritual. And so I love the act of lighting a candle as an intention for something or someone. So in that same intention, I'll I'll just light a candle and the way you do it it's actually similar to how I've talked about in the past when you are lighting a sage or palo santo for energy clearing but essentially you have your one candle that is more of like the lighting candle and then you take that candle or that you know source of fire and then you light your ritual candle or you know it it could just be a regular candle that you set aside and say this is my ceremonial candle and then you as you light it you think about the intention. So that's another thing that I really like doing. Again, I feel like I've said the word intention so many times and maybe it's going to sound like, okay, you need to (laughs) stop saying the word intention, but I think it's so powerful. That's how we Mm -hmm. create connectedness. That's how we put forth the energy that we want to put out or that's for the highest good as we're talking about now. So I I really like doing that too.
0: Are you going to adopt more of a practice of prayer in the traditional sense back into your life?
1: I don't know. I think that my realization is that so many things like we've just been talking about can be prayer, but I definitely am going to open myself up more to when I am saying words of comfort to another person, I'm not going to be afraid to say the word prayer that I'm going to do the, do a prayer for them or pray for them because that's really the biggest thing. Like I'm removing all of the weight and heaviness that I used to think about that word with, all of the organized religion connotations, and I'm going to detach that word from those things. So that's really what I think will be different and what I'm adopting differently, where I'm I'm not going to be afraid to tell, to say that to people and in, instead be you know happy and proud that I can do that for someone. But I do even now sometimes do a prayer I told you this recently. Sometimes when I wake up in the morning, especially if I'm going through a stressful time or uncertainty, and there's been so much of that lately for so many of us, I will do the serenity prayer. I really don't know why or how, but one day it just popped back into my head. I knew it from when I was younger. So it says, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. The courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. And I think that that began to pop in my head as I woke up in the morning because I needed to be reminded on some level that there's so much that we cannot control, especially in the world as it is moving right now, and that it's okay to lean into the serenity of accepting what we cannot change. But on that same note... The collective and in popular culture, there has been now an evolution of the serenity prayer, which I also adopted and really like. And that next iteration of that prayer says, I will no longer accept the things I cannot change. I will change the things that I can no longer accept. And I think that is very, very powerful as well. And so finding the balance between finding your serenity and finding active surrender is something that we talk about sometimes. And then also finding what you cannot accept and how can you change it.
0: Mm, I love that new iteration of it. That's great. Yeah. I remember it was in this little, like, it was like quote kind of, but in a really nice glass frame right behind my sink. So I would just subconsciously read it every day because I was bored washing my hands or Washing the doing, I don't even know what I was doing there. <laughs> Bored but. washing your hands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I was also thinking about why I don't use the word prayer as much. And I think one of the other reasons that I didn't mention before is because I don't know, I think it's associated with religion, and I don't know, well, is this person religious or do they go to church is this going to be inappropriate or they're going to say like oh please don't pray for me I'm, i don't i don't do that so that is something that goes through my head as well interesting yeah yeah because i i think about the other person and whether or not they are into that
1: yeah interesting interesting i wonder what others feel about that if you guys listening have thoughts I'm curious about that too, because I think there's two sides Mm -hmm. of it. I mean, even people who are religious of and partake in religion or faith that I am not a part of, I still appreciate when they put forth an act that maybe is more aligned with their spirituality or their spiritual practice than mine, because Mm -hmm. it's just something that, you know, is what they know how to do. But I also would want to not offend anyone or make someone feel uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, I think that's just like even from, I don't even know when that went into my head, but I think that it is just something that I'm like, oh, you know what? I don't know what anybody's views are. So I'm just going to say sending positive vibes. I think at that point is when it changed. Yeah. But now I feel like it's starting to, like, we can start bringing it back. And I like the idea of using it as more of an act and a word that can encompass so many different things. And it doesn't have to be associated with a certain organized religion. It can be anything. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's kind of taking back another example of taking back this word in spiritual practice and making it what makes the most sense for you.
0: All right. Well, we hope that this conversation gave you some things to think about in regards to prayer. Let us know what you think about it and we'd love to hear your thoughts.
1: Thanks guys. We'll see you next week.
0: If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review or share it with a friend and hit subscribe so you never miss a show.